0: Welcome to the Awakening the Soul podcast with your host, Shandell Short. Today, we're unpacking the conversation of limiting beliefs. So before we look at limiting beliefs, let's look at beliefs. What are some common beliefs that we might have been raised with? I'm sure everybody listening is going to have different ones, but there's probably one that most people listening to this are going to have, which is, I'm recording this in December, so let's look at one big one that's here. I'm going to be cautious because I know that there could be children in a room, but I would like to say there's one big one in December that we've been believing in since we were children, and that is Santa Comes at Christmas time. Beautiful Belief. Then there is things like brush your teeth before bed because you're going to get cavities. Some truth there, but that's one. The other one is tie your shoelaces or else you'll trip. Something that you were taught saved you from danger. Be good to others. There could be some religious beliefs, political beliefs, um, you know, community beliefs, all of that, okay? But there's also beliefs around abundance, so like your wealth, your success. There's also beliefs around uh, love and how you give or receive that in life. There's also ones about health and your mindset. That's where limiting beliefs can come in. So limiting belief is one that stops you from growing forward and is usually still playing out in your day-to-day now that is not serving you. So there's some really great ones that serve you brush your teeth before you go to bed, devoid cavities, tie your shoelace. But what about ones that people who have money are greedy? What about ones that are, you know, love equals pain? Or what about ones that uh, nobody in my family is healthy, I can't be? Or I will never succeed at that because I didn't go to college. Let's get into it. So from the age of zero to 12, your mind is like a sponge, okay? It is taking in everything as truth. And that could be that your parents are teaching it to you, your teachers are teaching it to you, your community, your church, your friends. All of this you're picking up. Some taught, some observed. And like, so you're like, oh, I see that happening. So in my little brain, I'm going to shape it to be that's what this means. Or summer through experience. And all of these are stored in your subconscious mind. And... By the time you each reach the age of 12, you've now hit like the alpha brainwave function where you start are going to rely more on these to keep safe, okay? Your subconscious brain is going to jump in a lot more and keep you safe because now you have enough knowledge. You have enough truth in your brain and then that's where, you know, you get those teenagers that come in and they know everything and you know nothing, okay? That's where this, this is this brainwave that's coming in and Your belief systems are now going to shape your emotions, your actions until you do something about them or you don't. And let's look at it as your subconscious brain is like a supercomputer. It's keeping all of those beliefs filed away and its whole job is to keep you safe. Okay. So it's a supercomputer. It's more like a robot. It's going to jump in and believe it or not, it runs 95% of our thinking. Okay. Our subconscious brain runs 95. The problem is, is that it does not know the difference between a truth and a lie. It does not know the difference of us visualizing, worrying, or thinking something and actually happening. And it doesn't think independently it's programmed to rely on what you were learned absorbed or taught so let's look at a few examples tie your shoelaces like i said earlier or you're going to get hurt you may have saw someone go didn't they Someone around you didn't go to college and then they ended up struggling throughout their whole life. So in your brain, that programmed into you have to go to college and you maybe you saw someone else go to college and they didn't struggle. You now have taken that and said, people who go to college are successful. People who don't won't, will constantly struggle. Then we have ones that you might've experienced. So this is a lot to do with like your upbringing and, and your home environment and if you saw your parents fight a lot, then that might manifest into how you are in relationship today, or maybe they shut down. And if you upset a parent, you know, you might've got, you know, the stonewall treatment for, you know, a couple hours, a couple days, maybe a couple weeks, whatever. And then you were taught to feel shamed about what happened and you shut down as well. And you then will learn to hide things. So, or, you know, that you saw dysfunctional relationships growing up. So in your mind, you have now programmed into that love is hard, difficult, maybe you don't deserve it, or all of the above that can happen. So if 95% of your brain power is being run by your subconscious brain, your life is being run By this. Like I said, this includes your health, your relationship, your self-worth, success, beliefs around money, love. And you end up being held captive by it if you are not paying attention to it. If you've never heard this before, you're going to be like, what? Might be really wild. You might need to listen to this a bunch of times or go Google someone else that's talking about this because it's really wild. But that's where self-sabotage comes in. And self-sabotage can show up. It doesn't always mean, you know, chaos and, you know, full self-sabotage. It can show up as excuses, as procrastination, as making assumption about yourself or others, doubting, constant worry, perfectionism, shame. It can show up as emotions within yourself. So, if you are feeling like, "Oh man, I can relate to this or i I think I have some of those, what do i do how do I, how do, How do I do this Well, I want you to further understand this, okay, Your belief as you grow and you learn and you start to change and you're maybe growing up, and you know maybe you saw different examples that are going against you know, what you might've been taught as you start to raise, you start to change awareness. Now your brain is starting to get mixed with some truths and some lies. And once you start to question a belief, you no longer believe it. let's look at the example of Santa, (laughs) right? So, When you're feeling that way and you're like, oh, I'm starting to doubt that, like, is it true that, you know, I don't deserve love? Is it true that I can't be healthy? I'll give you an example. When I was younger, I don't know who it was. I can't pinpoint it, whatever, but I was made fun of for running or because I wasn't good at sports like would always be the last to be picked and whatever. I just was not, it was not my strength. Okay. And in my mind, then I went on to like, in my early teens, ended up gaining a lot of weight and struggled with my weight. That then continued this belief. I'm not athletic. Right. So as non-athletic people or people who don't work out are not good at it. Like I wasn't gonna be good at this. So I might as well just eat. It was also me suppressing emotions and feelings and all that. Fast forward into my early 30s was when I started to break this belief. I struggled with eating disorders and you know, body dysmorphia and all of that, like the way that I looked at myself, because quote unquote, I was not athletic, but athletic didn't mean healthy. And until I really unpacked that and saw that like, oh, I can be healthy without being athletic. I don't need to choose that one. And there's different ways to be healthy and to exercise and I can learn things and I can do that. I don't need to be, you know, on the Olympic swimming team in order to be athletic. Like, So you see how like my little brain took that and for years it was, it was created a struggle, created these assumptions, created these doubts. This inner dialogue was horrible. And until I really broke that in my thirties, that things started to change and my relationship with myself started to change. And then it just kind of spiraled into me now seeing all where these limiting beliefs show up. So first it was in my physical self. So if you're like, I can sense one, I can see one within myself, I know exactly what it is, or maybe you don't. But it's just becoming aware that 95% of your life, your perception of others, the world is run by your subconscious because it's trying to protect you from being hurt. So let's look at the example of love. Okay. Pretty common one that most people either felt before in their life or will feel or the case may be. So You meet someone and you're like, oh my God, I think I love them. That 5% of you that is feeling into like the good part of you. You're like, I think I love this person. And then all of a sudden, I think they call it the honeymoon phase, but I think, I think it's when they say the honeymoon phase is over. I think it's by the time the subconscious kicks in and the subconscious kicks in and it's like, oh, you know what? No, Be careful. This is the robot mode clicks in and it's like, wait now, anytime I've loved in the past, I got hurt. People end up hurting me. People end up doing this. People who I love leave, like whatever your story is, or love is hard. Love is complicated. Um, I don't deserve it. Whatever you have belief there. So what happens is you start picking fights. You might push people away or you might choose un, like emotionally unavailable partners you are going to unconsciously prove your own belief system to yourself. This is the cycle of limiting beliefs. Example about health. Maybe you're like 90 days in and you're like, Yeah, I've been feeling good, been working out, been showing up, and you know, eating healthy, whatever, and I don't know. You visit with some family and nobody eats the way you do and they make fun of you and you want to fit in because you don't want to feel rejected so you start eating the way that they eat and then it's a slippery slope of like I don't want to feel that way anymore of rejected so you end up self sabotaging yourself because you you're not those people like your family's not like that that's not who you are but you get to make who you are. And this is like something that I wish were taught in schools is like you get to decide what these beliefs are for yourself. You get to decide what your financial mindset is like without either running away from something or running to something, which is usually what happens, whether it be love, finances, health. It's like, everybody's either running away. I do not want that in my life. So they're running towards something else or I'm running to something because it's like, that's, what's going to keep me safe. Nobody's ever stopping to say, what are the beliefs that I want to believe? Because you're taught, you know, if you were a kid and they asked you what you wanted to be when you grow up and you were like a movie star, If that, if you never had a movie star in your town that you grew up in, people are going to be like, no, you can't do that. Pick something else. That's not a good one, but that was really what you wanted to do. But now if you grew up in LA and a kid said that in school where there are movie stars everywhere, I'm just using LA as an example, but like that would be more common. So like you get to decide that you get to change these beliefs for yourself. Because you're not broken. There is nothing within you that needs to be fixed. You just need to become aware of it, that you're a beautiful soul that's here to shine and you deserve abundance, you deserve love, you deserve money, you deserve joy. And it's actually abundance is all around you. But we are so stuck on abundance is only in one way that we end up latching onto that and creating a lack mentality in our life. It's these outdated narratives and false limitations that are holding us back. So we need to start getting in touch with our higher self, that 5% of us that is like, oh no, I can love. I can be successful. I can do things. So a belief, okay, births a thought. So your belief about something births a thought, which then is going to create an emotion, which is going to evolve into actions and words. So I am not athletic. Yeah, you're right. I can't do anything like sports-wise. I'm I'm not going to be healthy. I'm unworthy of health, which is going to lead to me self-sabotaging and emotional eating and making maybe making fun of myself because I'm not athletic so that I didn't feel like I st- stood out and me saying things unconsciously like yeah i'm not athletic that's not me that's not who i am oh no i don't play sports like still to this day if someone's like hey do you want to go throw the ball football or something i'm like oh god no that it'll hit my face it'll break my teeth like <laughs> and i ca- now i catch myself and i'm like i can pretty sure i can learn how to catch a ball right now i'm pretty sure i can swing a bat But it still is there. I've proved it in so many other ways, but there's still ways that are uncomfortable. So these limiting beliefs don't necessarily always go away. You just become super aware of them. Because your words and emotions are going to reinforce your beliefs, right? So me by saying that is reinforcing the belief that I'm not athletic. And then I can slip back into these patterns. But how do I overcome them? I tell myself like, no, I love to work out. I don't need to be that to be able to work out. I love to do this. I love to do yoga. I love a different style of being healthy. I am healthy. I choose healthy every day. And I constantly tell myself that. Because your mind is going to believe and look for what you tell it to. That's what a belief does. right? So if you believe that you're not worthy of stuff, you're going to keep seeing that. If you believe that you are worthy of stuff, you're going to start seeing that. And sometimes leading into a belief, a new belief can feel really friggin' uncomfortable at first. Like I personally can't say like, oh, I'm a millionaire, self-made millionaire. I can't say that without going, yeah, no, you're not. (laughs) No, you're not. I know your bank account. Like I know this, I know that, I know how much money you make. Like, no, you're not. Right? I can't do that. But there are people out there just like me doing things that are self-made millionaires. And then there's a part of me that goes, ooh, I don't even want to do that because like, I'm not those people, right? Not those people. So if you have beliefs around money, a lot of times people will actually repel it. So you might get it, right? You might get the result and then you're going to sabotage yourself because if you were raised to believe that people with money are greedy, which if you were raised in a small town, which I was, I saw a lot of that, right? Certain people were categorized as greedy or they were bad because they had money. Like, we were not those people that had money. And, like, there was a difference between them and us. And, like, I understand the logic sometimes behind it. But I guess as I've evolved as a person, like, there is nobody that is different than me. We have different things about us. But because someone makes a million dollars a year or someone makes $10,000 a year, to me, they're just a soul here to do the same work. Like That's how I look at it. And I can't help it. They're just souls here to either doing the work or not doing the work or whatever. And it like nobody is actually different. And that took a long time for me to get to that place. And sometimes it still sneaks up. But for the most part, I don't see people as different. I could sit and talk with a homeless person in the same obviously different topics of conversations we might have. And I could sit at a table with a billionaire and I'm not going to feel uncomfortable because I'm a soul, your soul. We're just here on this human journey, on this ride of life. And for some of us, we have different limiting beliefs. For some of us, we have things and limitations from our upbringing or from, you know, our experiences through life, and some people are able to do the work and to lean into this, this personal development. And some aren't. And if you have the ability to be able to do this, that's what I want to say. You're not broken. There's nothing to be fixed. It is just becoming super wildly aware of yourself and what you were taught, and choosing different for you and those around you. So. How do you do this work? Well, I want to imagine that you, because I love a good analogy. Let's imagine you were moving, okay? Someone hired movers, you got movers hired, they're moving, packing all your stuff, moving all your stuff to your new house, and they're putting it all away. And it's the first morning there, and you're making scrambled eggs. You're gonna have to look around your kitchen and try to find the frying pan, the eggs. The eggs are probably gonna be in the fridge, but like, the spatula, and you're not going to know where it is. Whereas in your old place, maybe a week ago, you were able to grab the frying pan, spatula, eggs, whatever, within probably, you know, less than a minute and start cooking, right? Autopilot. That's that autopilot version of us. We know where things are. We know what things are doing. So I want you to look at this journey, as you just moved into a new place, all your stuff is there. You need to sort it out. You need to find it because someone else organized it for you. And you need to find out if that place that they put it works for you. Does that work for me? Does that align with me? Is that mine? Did they mix that up? Can I switch it out for something different? This is the work of breaking down your limiting beliefs, becoming super aware. I call it being a detective of your thoughts. Okay. So just become that. Listen to the words that you speak, saying it out loud to others. Listen to how you talk about yourself, how you perceive experiences and people. And ask yourself questions either privately, on a walk out loud, in your journal, in the notes in your phone. Get friggin' curious. Becoming a detective. Where did that come from? Like, where does that thought come from? That people with money are greedy. Let's use that as an example. People with money are greedy. Okay, why do I believe that? Well, because I saw this person, this person, and this person that were greedy and they had money. Okay, great. Did you see anybody else in your life that had money that did really great things? Yep. Give those examples. Well, these are some examples of the opposite of what that thought is. Then you decide what you want to believe because you get to change that. It's just like if you watch the news, it's not very often. They do sometimes, but like even on social media it's like I like to give praise and highlight the people who are who have money that are doing really great things because I like us to break that perception. Right? Like people who have money are not poisoned. They're not bad. Are there people that yeah. But there's also people that have no money that are bad and greedy and poisoned to people. Right? Like, people not doing the work. And then there's people who are doing the work and they're doing really good things. So... But we highlight more of the bad because that's our subconscious. It's 95% of what's running us and it's trying to keep us safe. So it's trying to warn us against fear, with, which if we go back to like way, way back in our ancestors, it was very useful. We, were, we taught our brains to look for fear. It was extremely useful way back when, but it is 2023, folks, and we get to choose differently. Okay, we get to choose differently. So I want you to look at the beliefs in your mind. I want you to look at them, listen to your thoughts and get super freaking aware of them. Is this my belief or is this someone else's? Is this my belief? Do I have something do I see opposite to that? Can I choose different? I'm not healthy, nobody in my family is healthy. I'm never going to be healthy. Okay, but do you have do you know of someone who is in a family that was unhealthy, that became healthy? Yeah, you do. So then you get to decide. Do you, I have to look a certain way in order to be successful? Can you use different examples? John Candy, Adele. They didn't wait to look a certain way in order to achieve success. They just accepted who they were and went about their day instead of beating themselves up and 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 waiting to get there because you're like waiting to get to somebody to be somebody, but you have to accept where you are, accept it with like raw, gross vulnerability if it feels that way, or maybe it's going to be raw awakening. To me, when I did it, and I do this often when I'm facing something that I can tell that I'm procrastinating on, or I'm hitting a wall of resistance that I'm like, why are you doing this, like? and i'll say it often like you've done so much work on yourself why do you go back to that as a security blanket because my brain is trying to keep me safe from something so i'm like cool awesome glad i caught it 5 years ago me would not have caught that so quick i caught it what is it like i'll sit in meditation i will journal i will write it out so that i can see it out of my mind and that my brain can't keep spinning on that 95% that I can take it out, put it on paper, and the version of me, that 5%, that soul that is looking to be and think and act differently, I can let them help me distinguish what it is. Unpack it. Unpack the belief. When did you start thinking this way? You might have had this since you were a child. You don't even remember. Is there a certain situation that sticks out really loud in your mind? And I'll explain one in a minute that was my big aha moment this week. And then you have to say, like, do I still believe that? It's not an overnight process. And you're going to doubt yourself. And you're going to doubt this process. But like I said earlier, when you start to doubt a belief, you're losing faith in it. So if you have really great beliefs about yourself, and you start to doubt yourself, you're going to lose those. So your confidence, your self acceptance, the great things about yourself. It's a spiral. Okay, it's like the thought spiral that happens. If you're on a good, good wavelength, like for me personally, I have my empower hour every morning, and I have to be in that empower hour in order to execute my day in a way that's going to be successful. It might be slower, it might be fragmented throughout the morning, but for me personally, I know that the best effort that I get in my day is just from that Empower Hour, mentally. I can mentally show up and see the good within myself, see the work I'm trying to do. I'm able to lean into being able to serve better. My heart is open. I have a different perspective because I've taken care of me first. I've put that hour into my day where I've journaled, I've moved my body, and I've calmed my mind. And I've prayed. Those things keep me so grounded in my empower hour. Doesn't need to does not need to be hours in a day. My personal development for the most part is an hour. I might do some again in the evening, but it doesn't have to be a prolonged Thing you have to choose something that keeps you grounded so that you're able to look at these beliefs and get really honest with yourself. The one that came to me this week, okay, I felt like I was playing whack a mole. And whenever I feel like I'm playing whack a mole with my life, that's my sign, okay. If I feel like I'm like, oh man, I just got that settled and this popped up, right, (laughs) which just happened to me, I got this fixed on the website and then something else happened and I caught myself. I was like, there that belief. Why does that keep coming up? That if one gets fixed, something else got going to come. Oh, there's always something, right? That's what we were taught. That's what we were told. That's what we heard. There's always something. Success is too hard. So the two for me that were really big was entrepreneurs struggle and you can't have everything you ask for. I've been working a lot with um, manifesting, like I've been talking about in this. And in order to manifest, it's not just about putting something on a board, which, you know, the secret is wonderful and it really touches on some great stuff. But when you get into it, you realize that it's a lot more about these unpacking the limiting beliefs so that you can align energetically to what you want to attract in life. So for me this limiting belief came up. So I was, I was working on the entrepreneurship has to be a struggle. So I was working on that, got through that belief. I was like, that's not my belief. That's something I saw, something I witnessed, something I heard. But then I gave myself like double the amount of examples that it works, that it can be done, that all of these things, and it does not have to be a struggle. I can be done with ease. I can do things I love to do and get paid really well to do them. So that was a belief I had to make belief around, um, you know, I'm not greedy to want to earn money. Like those were some ones I had done, but this next one, Ooh, it was so good. I was doing an exercise of, of, uh, looking back into the childhood. What was the belief that I was told about money in a childhood? And I was sitting in meditation and I was like, okay, what was the belief? And it was like, I don't remember where I was Don't remember the situation, but I remembered the words. And it said, you can't have everything you ask for. You have to save some for other people or like we don't have enough or whatever the answer was. But it's something that like you just can't have everything you ask for. You can't have everything you want. You just can't have everything you want. How many times do you say that to your kids, to yourself? And there's some truth to it. Okay. But there's not. And where this was playing out for me was in this life of mine, because now when I look back, I'm like, oh my God, that has played out. I either had success and health, but lacked love. I either had love and success, but lacked health. I either had, you get the thing, like my mindset was good. I was in love, but my finances were in the shit. Like, it was always this whack-a-mole with some part of my life. And I was like, MG. I can't at- have everything I ask for. And when I hit that, I got goosebumps all over my body. And I was like, wow. Not blaming whoever said it to me. Listen, that was... That was obviously something you were to teach as a kid. You know, you're trying to teach boundaries. I completely get it. But the way that my brain took that, and maybe yours did too, was that took it and created me or created a situation where I was going to constantly create a whack-a-mole situation in my life that I could not have everything I asked for. I can't have a job that I love and work with brands that I love and then run my own business and be in love and be healthy and have a healthy mindset. I can't have all those things. And when I looked at that and I got really friggin' honest with myself, I was like, wow. And then I would attract situations that would cause this friction for me, that would cause this lack for me. Because when you either have an abundant mindset or you have a lack mindset. And sometimes, I'm going to give you the example of money. So if you were taught there's never enough to go around or you saw that, someone told you that, it's, it, it's literally what you're experiencing over and over in a cycle in your life. There's never enough to go around. One that I also you know, work through is your bank account may very well <laughs> confirm that belief right? Because your mind's going to look for confirmation. So I want to challenge you to think of it a little bit differently today. I want you to, wherever you're listening to this, whether it be in your home, whether your car, whether you're walking, whatever, I would like you to look around you. What is there? Is there trees? Are you out for a walk and there's trees and there's like an abundance of trees. There's like a lot of trees. That's an abundance of something. Do you have warm clothes on? Do you have ear pods in? Or are you at home and your house is a nice temperature? You have a meal to eat next. You have a bed to sleep in and a roof over your head. Are you driving in your car? Do you have gas? Do you have money to get gas? Do you, you know, have a vehicle that you can drive? That is an abundance because there could be somebody listening to this that does not have one or all of those. And that's not to make you feel guilty or shame of your situation. It is to remind you that there is abundance all around you, everywhere around you. Abundance is not necessarily tied to a dollar amount. Abundance is energy. It's an energetic thought it's an energetic feeling. And the more that you start to pay attention to the abundance that you have around you in things and people in love, in health, in all of the things. I'm so grateful I opened my eyes this morning. And I know for some people that's super weird to start waking up to, to to start to believe that. But I am telling you, Firsthand, I experience it with my own life. When you start to approach situations like that, shift changes. When the shift happens, shit happens. Right? The shift happens, shit happens. It's like you d- just see it differently. And yes, maybe you're still gonna go, yeah, but Chandel, there is not not enough to go around because I don't have enough to pay all of my bills this month. Okay, great well, could you pay a little bit and then pay next, pay some next month again? Don't get so caught on just looking at the lack in life. Or maybe you're like, I've been single for so many years, there's never going to be love for me. Okay, but do you have family members around you that love you, that show up for you, that make you feel seen? Do you have friends, coworkers? Do you have like an animal, like, do you have love around you? Do you have love within yourself? If it's success and you're trying to climb this dream and this whatever, if you're like, oh, I have so far to go and there's no way I'm going to do this. Okay, well, where were you five years ago? Because if you're ahead, then you've taken some big steps. Those are some abundant moves forward. Listen, even just listening to this podcast is you taking a step into abundance because you're learning. It's expanding the mind, which is expanding. It's an energetic expansion. I won't get too woo woo on this, but I just want to remind you that you can allow these limiting beliefs to continue to control the rest of your life. Whatever they are, wherever they are, wherever they show up in, you can allow them to. There will probably be maybe 80% of the population, unfortunately, that will. But maybe there's 20 that hold themselves accountable and start to do this and want to change. And guess what that does? It creates a spiral effect. If you start to change your mentality, the people around you start to either fall away or they start to also see that. And they're like, oh, okay. And you create this new momentum. If you have children, it is, it, it is changing the momentum. I saw this example of a lady speaking about this this week. And she said she had gone through a divorce. She had three little kids herself. And she, her kids were at this age in school where people started talking about, are you rich or you poor? and, you know, every kid doesn't want to be classified as the poor person, whatever. So the little girl had gone home and she asked her mother, she was like, are we rich? And rather than her mother tell her, no, like we're poor because that's what our bank account shows. She said, yes, we are so rich. We are rich in love. We are rich in, we are abundant in food. We are abundant and started that process with her kids at a young age, instead of there's never enough to go around, like those beliefs, you're passing those beliefs down. So don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel shame about it. Not, not the point of this message. It is to start to rewire these yourself. Because even this disconnect in hearing the message of your brain will start to doubt it. And that's what we want. We just want this like 2% more, like a little... Moving from 1% to 2%. just We want 2% more because that's going to be momentum. 1% more, well, if you go one step forward, one step back, you're never going to get anywhere. So I'm going to move it to two because if you go two steps forward and one back, you still will get ahead. So with these limiting beliefs, I'd like you to start thinking things because I want to remind you there is science proves it. There is spirituality that proves it. It is written in the Bible. You can have what you want. You have to ask for it. And then you do the work to align yourself to it. There's so much in the Bible that I'm finding about manifestation. It's blowing my mind. And whether you believe in that, the God, the Bible, or whatever, maybe that's not for you, but for me it is. And now that I understand, I'm like, Oh, it's, it's love. It's always going back into that alignment of love, right? It's the, I believe that I believe that I am worthy. I am lovable. I, I am here to succeed. I am here to do something just like you are. You are here to do something. And if your life is in struggle or stagnant, like they say, either something is growing or something is dying and don't let that be you or your beliefs. I love you. I am praying for you. I am sending you all the love and light, but you can change your limiting beliefs. I hope that resonated with you today. Please reach out to me, share this episode, let people know about it if it resonated with you, and let me know some limiting beliefs that you're working through. I'd love to hear feedback, love to hear you know how what really stuck out to you in the podcast. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate it every single one of you who continue to listen every week, or if you're new here, welcome. And uh, I really appreciate you. Thank you.